Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. And we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatech compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. Celtic Stuff Live. Welcome to Celtic Stuff Live on CLNS Radio, the leading online provider of audio and video coverage for Boston sports. Hey, real quick before we get into it, we have a treat for you today. Mark Spears from ESPN's The Undefeated, and you are absolutely going to love this. I don't even want to waste any time. We're going to get into it. I'm just going to give you a couple of words from our sponsors and a reminder to follow Celtic Stuff Live on Twitter at CSL underscore Tweet Live, as well as myself at CSL underscore Justin and my co-host on well, stay tuned for Monday's show, John Duke at CSL underscore Duke and the entire CLNS radio network at CLNS. Uh, radio. Facebook page is facebook.com forward slash CLNS fans. Download our app for iOS and Android. Simply search CLNS radio in your app marketplace. And don't forget the garden report with Jared Weiss on our YouTube channel, youtube.com forward slash CLNS radio. I'm just going to tell you, it's been a little while and I'll give you a little history, but Mark Spears was a great friend of the show. He came over from covering the beat with the Nuggets to the Boston Globe to cover the Celtics for the big championship year after the Celtics acquired Ray Allen and Kevin Garnett. And we really have done a lot of flashback series, and then we did the off-season interview series. So we're tying things back to sort of the roots of Celtics Stuff Live and when it got started um, and the partnerships with Celtics Blog and all that. So we're going to kind of... Uh, do a little bit of that and, br- and bring it back. I know we're in the middle of the regular season. We're into the second week, but I can tell you that this is definitely worth your time and worth a listen. And I, Mark's been such a great friend of the show. You'll hear him in the interview talking about how we helped him, uh, help, help him, uh, put, uh, Red Auerbach's old couch into a good home and how we, uh, one of our listeners helped him make and co-produce and, and write a documentary and then actually get it, which won an award, a title Katrina Cop in the Superdome, something uh, that he was uh, really hoping to push through and, and the funding came through. It was really kind of crazy the way that it happened, but he's been a great friend of the show since. Appreciate his time today. And I'm just going to get right into it. But first, I have to tell you about movement watches. And while department store watches start at four to $500, uh, the good folks at movement watches really took out the middleman. When they were in college, they wanted to have nice watches. Obviously, like myself, couldn't afford a lot of nice things in college. So they decided to cut the middleman out, pass that savings directly on to you. I'm actually wearing my movement watch right now, and I absolutely love it. Movement watches are slick, they're fashionable, and most importantly, they're 
affordable. I think mine was 135 list price, but thanks to CLNS Radio, you can go to mvmtwatches.com forward slash Celtics beat. They're going to save you 15% off your first order, and they're going to give you free shipping. That's right. So I got the Chrono White and Black Tan Leather Watch. Maybe some colors I never thought I'd put together, but now all of a sudden I'm like a hipster, and even though I'm over the age of 40. I don't even know how that happened, and maybe I'm not. Maybe I just look like I'm trying too hard, but this watch is awesome. So go to mvmtwatches.com forward slash Celtic speak. All right, let's get right to it. Joining us now, Mark Spears, senior NBA writer with the ESPN, with ESPN's The Undefeated. Mark, thanks for coming on. I know we talked last January and I was actually covering for a show here on uh, the CLNS Radio Network, Celtics Beat. It was immediately after that I really got the bug and I just had to, I had to thank you because we took a four year break. But we've been rolling ever since uh, you and I spoke, as well as with my co-host, John Duke, who's not joining me today. But um, ever since then, it's like, oh, we, we missed it too much. We've been back at it, and uh, you were a big part of that. Yeah, no, man. Certainly always uh, forever indebted to this show because it helped me do the lone documentary I've done in my life uh, from one of your listeners, guy I got connected to. And uh, also I was able to sell a which might have been a mistake, but it was a hand, not not sell, but give away a, a couch that used to be Red Arbach's couch in his office. I remember that. And, uh, yeah, man, it wasn't. It wasn't a. I'm gonna be truthful. It wasn't the prettiest couch in the world, <laughs> but it was. <laughs> it was his couch nonetheless. And uh, I remember when I was moving, I was able to get somebody to pick it up on the show. So that was cool. I'll tell you what, too, Mark, one of the things that amazes me, because I know, listen, you, since we met and you were on this show many, many years ago when the Celtics were winning titles or or won a title with Kevin Garnett, you've gone to a national stage. And really, I I know we talked just before we came on the air, but I've seen you do in interviews and literally at a a customer lunch yesterday, I saw you up on ESPN. And I, I mean, obviously, you're with the network now, but... The point is, is your career has really taken off. Not that it wasn't on a trajectory to begin with, but I just want to congratulate you because I think you're just doing awesome work. Oh man, no, thanks, man. I'm certainly blessed, and um, uh, I, I just uh, to be able to come home, to be able to work on a website like the Undefeated, where you know I could certainly try to challenge myself on a daily basis. To, you know, I'm writing about basketball, but I'm also writing about life, culture, sports. It's not just, you know, so-and-so signed a 10-day contract or so-and-so got traded. You know, I, I have to really think in order to come up with stories that make our readers think and hopefully sometimes grow and learn and maybe on occasion try to make them cry in a good way, you know, from some of the stories I get. So it's it's been a good journey, man, but I always, you know, I, I think – you know, I had eight years covering the Nuggets at the Denver Post, but certainly going to Boston um, was career-changing to cover that championship team. Um, I think it really, like, uh, put me on the map in a lot of ways. Um, made people realize I was alive as a reporter and um, was able to parlay that to a national Yahoo job. So, you know, that was, even though I was in Boston for just two years, it felt like I was there for ten. You know, I still have friends there that I'm have the rest of my life and um, I'm 
certainly want to be there when they have the 10 year anniversary of the championship. <laughs> I want to be in town. <laughs> the, know, we're for, not uh, far away from that. And, and yeah, I've no, since and moved I'm away too. Boy, time flies. Well, and but, I, no, what was I'm, the I'm restaurant that you recommended boy. to me that we went to the one time? I can't remember it for the life of me. What's that? There was a restaurant that you recommended to me, and we went there one time. There was a bunch of us, but I'm what trying city? to remember. Uh, do you remember? What city? It was in Boston. I'm just trying to remember the name of the. Oh, you talking about Westside Johnny's? That's what it was, Westside Johnny's. That's right. Yeah. Bunch of guy, John Karen, man. That's my buddy. Good people. Real good people. Yeah, yeah. It's a, it's a fun place to go, man. I kind of, uh, at the games, that was my spot. I'd go there, and Johnny would always take care of me, and the staff would take care of me. Always could get a, a little beverage before you head home, a late night eat. And, so, no, I certainly recommend it now. I actually remember um, when Obama first went into office, the next day there was a, or during the inauguration, I actually watched it there with, um, God, what's the guy's name? It was a famous Boston comedian. Oh, um, oh, um, I know who it is. Lenny. I think it was, I'm it, like, maybe I'm getting old. For some reason, I feel like Lenny was there. But it was a collected group of people. We got to watch it in the Red Room, which is the presidential room, which was a room I loved there. When I'm in Boston, I like to come by. So, no, Johnny's is still the spot, man. When I'm in Boston, I got to go there. He's, he's good people, and it's like going to eat at a museum. Well, that's where we'll go on the 10th reunion, then. I'll come up from Pennsylvania. We'll meet up. <laughs> I'll buy you a drink because, listen, as much as as much as much we may have helped you sort of, I don't know, maybe the, I don't know if there's the right word, but serendipitously, I mean, we put the word out. But especially at that time, like podcasting is something now, but it wasn't all that much then. Oh, you guys were one of the originals. And you, but here's the thing. What made it so good was people like you – being willing to give your time, like you gave it credibility. That was one of the things that launched it. Like, sure, we did it, but then the guests that we were able to get, like I remember some of our early guests, like Scott Souza was another one, Jess Camaretto. Yeah. I'm sure you remember some of these names, but yeah, was, yeah, yeah. you lended credibility to the show. And then, so, you know, you, you act like you're indebted to me somehow, but, or, or our show, but I, I can only tell you it, it's, it's, it's really the other way around because it, it's what allowed me to, to be able to do, you know, something special with my life at a certain period of time, you know, when I had the ability to go to the games and cover things. I, you know what I remember? I remember one time I asked Doc Rivers at the end of the pregame interview about Leon Poe, and we were walking away, and you were giving me such a hard time. You're like, Leon Poe? Nobody wants to know about Leon Poe. <laughs> well, don't tell Leon I said that. Well, you, you were just busting my chops. my Oakland buddy, so no, everybody cares about Leon. <laughs> There's probably another player you're talking about. I don't know what you're talking about. No, it was definitely Leon, but you weren't. You didn't mean it that way. You were just busting my chops because you were like, "Dude, nobody asks those kinds of questions." But <laughs> we had so many conversations on this show with the callers. Like now we pre-record, but we had live call-ins, as you know. And man, was he a fan favorite! And I know. He had the knee injuries, and I know in college when you played ball, you had some knee injuries that you had to deal with, and, and then obviously being from the same part of the country, there had to be a kinship there. Oh, no, I mean, it, it was quickly. Um, he's a, a great, great guy, um, and I'm sure people in the Celtics world are, love having him around. I, I don't 
I'm assuming he's around a decent amount um, with having that job there. But he um, he's one of those guys where you always wonder what if. Like, what if he didn't get hurt? You know, how great would he have been? And I, I, I truly believe that he would have been uh, a special player, uh, perhaps even a, maybe an all-star player if he had never gotten hurt. Um, it's, it's just too bad because uh, he had athleticism, he had size. You know, he, he was a AAU star with LeBron that he was the starter team till LeBron <laughs> showed everybody who he was. But, um, you know, Leon Poe is, is certainly a guy that you talk about growing up in tragedy. I mean, he, he, he did that. He, he felt that. And I'm really happy to see the success that he's had. He's a, he's a treasure as a person. And, and I'm glad that, um, you know, he's had the success that he's had. You know, your articles do attack, maybe not attack is the wrong word, but they get into the human condition. Like you said before, it's like sometimes, you know, maybe even if I can make them cry in a good way. And that's always been one of your strengths, Mark, you know, is, is you know, you, you, first off, you've got a great memory. But secondly, you're able to really get into the get into the, the bones of personality. But, you know, you talk about somebody like Leon Poe and, and that background. But I think you're right. And I almost think today's game, you know, if you come around full circle with some of his, you know, he still had that stretch four kind of thing. I mean, I know he wasn't hitting tons of three-pointers, but I feel like his game would have fit well into in how it evolved over these last few years. Yeah, I mean, timing is everything, man. <laughs> and uh, unfortunately for him, um, we'll never know. Um, but he, as a person, is, I, I truly think he's a better person. And people that got to know him know that. I know he's a great father now, great husband. And uh, I hope he's able to, you know, parlay this job, kind of move up the ladder with the Celtics. Who knows, maybe become a front office guy. You know, I wrote a story about there's, there's really not a lot of um, blacks in the front office, despite the fact that there's a lot of, you know, blacks playing. And so, you know, maybe Leon's one of the guys that kind of changed the trend a little bit. Um, I think he's uh, he's got, uh, you know, you're talking about a cow kid, so you can't be no dummy going to cow. <laughs> Yeah, just ask Jalen Brown, who's a personal favorite. And by the way, the article you wrote leading up to the draft, you know, listen, I'm no pundit, but, you know, I was looking at a few different players and who I was hoping the Celtics would pick, and I read your article on Jalen Brown, and that sold me. I was like, he's an intellectual, and he's a worker. Jalen is probably one of the most interesting guys I've ever been around, uh, especially young guys. Um, You know, when when I get – a sit-down interview with a player, and I get some time with them, and I can tell that they really, really care. Um, I, I try to put the ball in their court and make them feel comfortable. Take me to your world, you know. So I told his people, I said, hey, take me to a restaurant that Jalen likes, you know. So typically, you know, app, you know, Applebee's or, you know, some kind of hamburger joint or, you know. He picked a Brazilian restaurant <laughs> in Berkeley, right? So I was like, oh, I love this kid already, man. He, a Brazilian restaurant? This is great, you know. And uh, so we go to this Brazilian restaurant, and uh, 
I mean, it was fantastic. And, and it's, uh, I'm trying to meet. He had, he ordered like some special smoothie and you know some. It, 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 he he was ordering some great stuff, man. He was <laughs> like stuff you wouldn't expect any kid. Young kid. Uh, Right, yeah, you're thinking no, you Taco know, Bell, the college like, lifestyle, romance right. food, like foodie food, you know. So I was, I was pretty impressed. But the one thing I was impressed with was, you know, he he's a guy who beats by his own drum, and instead of having an agent, he has a, a circle of, of advisors, business people that kind of like you know he listens to and makes decisions from, which I think is uh, really really brilliant. Um, one is probably cheaper, and two to, to be able to be that young and to have that, those kind of brains, and three to have uh, the ability to have the kind of people that actually care. You know, well, he gets mentorship. They want to help you. instead of accidentally falling folly to somebody who's trying to take advantage of his gift. Yeah, but he's he's like very interesting. I mean, he he took classes really really seriously. Actually, stayed on campus, and you know studied um instead of i mean it worked out instead of uh going to uh say uh some kind of training camp in santa barbara or la or you know new york like a lot of these guys did he he stayed on campus and worked out and um i think when he did his interviews people were like whoa i'm sure danny Ainge was very impressed with how bright he is and how sharp he is and his athleticism is off the charts. He's got an improving jumper, and he's a hard worker. I mean, he was a guy that was doing double days in Oakland. Um, he wants to become better. He wants to be great. He wants to ask questions. Uh, I, I think he's going to be, um, you know, a very, very talented player for a while. And um, uh, it was very smart and brilliant for the Celtics to get him. And uh, I think he has a chance to challenge to be the top player in the draft. Well, it's funny. I have so many things I want to get to in this interview, and we could wax poetic about Jalen Brown, especially after the performance on Thursday night against LeBron and the Cavs, I thought was fantastic. But I, I do want to... I want to talk a little bit more about you and something you mentioned before about, listen, there's a lot of black players in the NBA, but there aren't a lot in the front offices. And I also happen to know, and the article I read, I have no idea how dated it is. It's probably dated a little bit because in it, it talks, it was a spotlight and you said, you know, you couldn't live without your Blackberry. And I had to think you've moved on from the Blackberry by now, but who knows? Uh, No, no, it's, it's, it, you know what? The BlackBerry failed me on a, at an NBA draft, and after it, 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 out of all the days, it like stopped working during the draft, man. And it like, when I'm getting tips on who's getting picked, it like shut down for like a half an hour. So I had to, I had to bury it. You did, you did, you did put it to rest, but only recently. Uh, no, no, this is about two years ago, two or three years ago. So do you have an iPhone, or do you have... So this no, article is old that yeah, I no, read. No, iPhone, man. So... But it was um, certainly... Uh, <laughs> I, I just say it was certainly disappointing uh, during the draft to have that happen. Um, I'm sure that's a gross understatement. The, uh, the article I read, it was talking about that you were still the VP of print 
with the sports task force for the National Association. Oh, I'm, of Black I'm actually been chair. Well, that, see, that's oh, what I thought. You read the old article because I've been chair for about six years. Yeah. I thought I read that. So this is, I was going to say Blackberry. I was like, I'm pretty sure that's dated. But can you talk yeah, about yeah. that a little bit? Because you know, I don't think I don't think we've ever talked about it. And if you're telling me it was six years ago when we were still yeah. in touch and doing interviews, you'd already kind of moved up the chain. But you know, yeah. talk about your work there and did it influence your move to the undefeated at all? Was that kind of like you said, getting more into life and not just basketball? Seems like you've got a little bit more open reign with ESPN and the undefeated on that. Um. Well, I mean, I'm I'm chair of the National Association of Black Journalists Sports Task Force, which is basically the sports group that governs um, the the uh, all the black sports writers in the country that are members. And um, so, you know, you have an influence as far as trying to help black journalists get jobs in TV, print, radio, um, mentoring, um, just growing as a journalist, being a uh, kind of like a fraternity slash sorority you know, helping one another, and it, it, it's a really, really strong group. Um, I've been really proud of um, kind of like the, I think um, a lot of places almost use us as a farm club, like where you can find, you need to find some journalists, black journalists with talent for a job, we'll, we'll find you one, you know. And uh, so I've been very uh, um, excited about my involvement and, but, you know, writing about black issues has been something that I've always been comfortable with, you know, with stuff that's happened in my family um, uh, since I was a child. So it, I, I think it's very important to me sort of write, about, write for a site where they not only are, are comfortable with it, but, like, encourage it. Um, it's, been, it's been pretty exciting. Well, I'll tell you, you retweeted – some articles, and I don't think you wrote them, but I'm only about an hour from Baltimore. So yeah. when everything was going on with Freddie Gray, I remember there was there was an article, and it interviewed three black policemen. One was retired, and two were still active. And I just thought it gave such a comprehensive view of the issue in a way that could be presented from. And I don't even want to say two sides. Like I don't like saying it. I don't like squaring off in America and I don't want to I don't want to go too far down the political road with the uh, upcoming yeah. election but you know I don't like the whole squaring off. I don't feel like it's you know that that life is is sort of like a, a talk show where you have two guys that just have to have two opposing views. But what I loved about those articles is it really existed in the uh, difficulty of the issue, not in the simplicity of it, which I think sometimes perseverates it. And, you know, I, I pay attention to a lot of that, but part, one of the biggest reasons I did was because you're paying attention to it. Yeah, no, um, and that, and that's why it's important because perhaps like somebody like myself, you know, or through the undefeated, especially, you know, I think we reach people and help them grow and, and, get to know the world better um, by our work. So perhaps there's a story that, like, you... And, and to me, it's not it's not all about black folks all the time. I actually wrote a story last week about what it's like to be a white NBA player and how, like, there's only 42 in the league right now. What, what exactly is that like, you know? Um, talk to six white American players in the league and, and they, they gave their view and um, 
I, I think that's one of the stories I've been most happy with and proud with uh, this year. And um, so, you know, the story I tweeted yesterday was about the, you know, history of Asians, Amer- Asian Americans coming to the United States. So, you know, I don't know. I, I, I guess I just got a free-thinking mind that's just not normal or not just black or not just some people, you know, Oh, you know, it's not anti-white. It's 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 American. It's universal. It's you know, I I, I want to see the world, man. I want, and and if my open-mindedness can hopefully make somebody else more open-minded or see things differently, then then that's a great thing, man. That's a great thing. I was I was blessed to grow up in a very diverse um, part of San Jose, California, where you know my street had black people, white people, Portuguese, Korean, Filipino, um, you know, half black, half Mexican, all on one street. Those are, and there's like, there's a girl in Fresno I grew up with. She's half white, half Mexican. If I see her, she, she will tell somebody that's my brother talking about me, you know, um, I have a, you know, Mexican family that grew up next door that, to them, I'm their brother. You know, we're family, you know. So we're not blood family, but we're family. So I, but I realized that most of America didn't have that luxury to, you know, grow up like that or grow up into a really proud black, you know, family where uh, while I would learn all about all these different heritages and, different races and stuff like that, I certainly knew a lot about, you know, the struggle of uh, the American Negro and um, to where it is today. So, I I mean, so perhaps that's why this job is great for me because things that I've been blessed to learn and different cultures to learn and uh, most America doesn't have that. So, Luckily, with this job, I could I could kind of share those kind of things. All right, more from Mark Spears from the Undefeated in just a couple of minutes. Real quick, a break. A word from our sponsor, Audible.com. We'll be right back. All right, we're back with Mark Spears. And, uh, you know, Mark, I, I really appreciate, like I said before, I appreciate sort of your, uh, your approach and your – I want to say worldly understanding. I don't know what a better way to say it. I always wonder, you know, if I sound cliched when I throw something out there, you know, but, but really it, it is a worldly understanding, but you also have this very, I don't, I don't know how to say it, but maybe it's like a fatherly figure or, you know, just this dude, you're like a big teddy bear and you bring people into the fold and you talked about how you did that with Jalen Brown, but we did this whole off-season interview series, so I have to mention another name I know you're familiar with, especially since you're back in the Bay Area now and you're covering the Warriors, but Danny LaRue was uh, a guest on (laughs) our off-season interview series and he brought your name up almost instantaneously when I asked him what it was like to go into the locker room with no journalistic experience and all of a sudden try to fuddle your way through it I remember what it was like for me and he immediately told me how you made him feel welcome and what a great friend you were during that for him yeah no nah, he he disappeared for a minute doing some political thing and now he's back so it's uh it's good to see him man he's very very smart 
I, I actually like to pick his brain one day outside of basketball, not talk about any basketball, talk about some world stuff. And I've used uh, politics and stuff like that. He, he's a, he, he probably needs to get outside, get away from basketball anyway, uh, do some do some things that are deeper worldwide. <laughs> But yeah, but this uh, is fun, right? And I mean, he's sometimes certainly uh, a, a great statistical mind. Well, and that was—I think—that was a big thing for him, as he said. You know, the two of you had sort of a different perspective, you know, in general, but that mostly you had a lot of fun together, and uh, you kind of showed him the ropes a little bit. And see, that's what I mean. It's like you know, you just—you're a kind soul, you know, and I think you got genuine. You know, a, a genuine concern and, and, and that's really cool. And I think, uh, the Bay Area kind of matches your personality, doesn't it? it? I mean, isn't it pretty easy going? Everything's, you know, sort of a moderate climate. You know, I mean, if you just kind of think about it, you're always getting sunshine. It's good for your mood. Yeah. Um, I'm sure there's some rain, but can you think of a better place to live? No, I, I love it, man. I mean, see, I'm not a, I guess beauty's in the eye of the beholder. I'm not really a hot weather guy like all the time. So to have the Bay Area basically, or where I live in Oakland, it's like 65 to 75 year round. So it's like never too hot, never too cold. It's just right. Like the typical clothing here is uh, sweatpants and a long sleeve t-shirt or a hoodie, and uh, which is actually I'm I'm on way to go interview. Um, interview uh somebody right now so uh, that's what i got on uh that's uh so the days of shoveling snow are over uh the days of 100 degree weather like if that happens here it's rare maybe once a year dude i'm all about the hoodie as soon as i can get out of my suit for my day job i am right into it t-shirt hoodie jeans and just, I mean, th- that weather sounds perfect because it's right up my alley. And, you know, you really couldn't be in a better place considering, you know, the big storyline for the NBA now with Kevin Durant joining the Golden State Warriors. But it just seems like it's getting so much coverage. It's over-covered or even there's this manufacturing of drama. But I, I have to ask you because you're there, like what question doesn't get asked about this, I guess, what everybody wants to say, the super team, or what's maybe sort of like an underrated concern or an underrated positive for the team that you think just isn't getting enough run in the media today? Uh, I'm sorry, repeat the question. I, it kind of went in and out. No, for the Golden State Warriors, what what sort of topic is, is not being really thought about or isn't getting sort of the kind of attention. Maybe it's an underrated concern or an underrated positive for them because it seems like, you know, there's so much coverage. It's almost like all the bases have been written about and talked about. Yeah. And everybody, you know, they're the bad guys now. But do, do you feel like there's something that nobody is really talking about enough with this team? But, um, how blessed we are to watch them. <laughs> like, I, I grew up watching, and I know Celtics fans hate these guys, but – you know, the Showtime Lakers, you know. Or even your, your Celtics team in the 80s. I mean, you had superstars all playing together. You had Bird and Dennis and Mikhail and Parrish, you know. Um, you had some great, great players. And so it's fun to watch a super team to me. But 
I don't know that the NBA scout told me this is this team offensively could be better than the Showtime Lakers. They're just so explosive. Um, typically, when you're around a team, you're around a whole season. You're like, oh, they play Orlando today. I'm not really excited about seeing that game. Or, oh, Sacramento's in town, you know. But their games, the way they play, is so entertaining. I mean, you feel like you're watching the Globetrotters. You feel like you're watching, like, good N1 mixtape basketball tour. Not the bad stuff that they don't show on TV when they all the misses. But (laughs) it's just amazing to me how many points they can put up in a flurry. And so they've gotten off to a good start. I won't say a great start. But once Clay Thompson gets going, I mean, they're going to be really hell to deal with. And um, I'm excited to see, you know, what this team brings. But they're, they're, when I was covering that Celtics team with, with um, you know, the big three and Rondo, it was exciting to go to every game because you just never knew what you were going to see that night, no matter who they played. And that's the same thing I feel about this Warriors team. Like, when you remember how that feeling it was when the Celtics had the big three? When they lost, it was like, oh, my God. They lost yeah, how did that even right? happen? Yeah, yeah. And that, that's the same feeling that you have in Oakland now. Like, they, they can't lose. they they got to win every game, you know. And so it's 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 fun, man. It's, it's healthy fun. And so I like all this. I'm part of the media, but I think all this villain stuff is kind of media-driven. Oh, you, they say it's your villain. Well, who's they? You know, like, who was saying this? Like The fans of every other team in the league. <laughs> yeah. But I, I think people, it's funny, you say that, people say that until they actually watch them play, and then they're like, oh, wow. You're still coming to see the show even though they don't. They won't admit it. They want to see the show. They want to see fun, greatness, um, see if their team's good enough to to beat them. You know, they they want to see that. It's a fantastic uh, measuring so stick. Like, I've already got November 18th on the calendar because of how well the Celtics matched up against them last year. Almost gave them their first yeah. loss. This is without Durant, obviously, but almost gave them the first loss at the beginning of the season in Boston and then did beat them on the road towards the uh, wrapping up of the regular season out in Golden State. So here we are. It's flip-flopped. Um, you know, a little bit. No, it's not flip flopped. It'll be home again and then away at the end of the season. But it is, it's an awesome measuring stick. Let's just hope the Celtics are healthy for that matchup. Yeah, yeah. Well, both teams for that matter. Uh, you know, and I'm sure Jalen will be up for it. You know, he, he used to, we used to see Jalen at, at Warriors games last year. He, you know, Steve Kerr's son is, uh, was his teammate. And, uh, so, you know, he would go there with Steve Kerr's, uh, son and his wife. And, and I was wondering, like, why is Jalen in all these games? I know he ain't supposed to get no tickets, but yeah, his, his teammate was bringing them. <laughs> <laughs> so that's a, uh, you know, next time you, you talk to, to Jalen, ask him about being around the Kerr family. There's, there's probably a good story there. Maybe I'll pass that on to Sherrod and, uh, Gary, uh, I think, but I think that that is a good story when they play him. Is he? I'm sure he had dinners at their house and hung out with them and got to spend some cool time with them. Hey, you wrote an article recently about Ray Allen, 
and you know obviously retired on Tuesday and now there's the big blow up Hall of Fame debate and and you know it is sort of fueled oh, by man, some of the is a debate not the or Hall of Fame it... sorry whether or not his number should be retired uh, as a Boston yeah. Celtic, whether they should put that, twenty up, you know what? That's I, uh, I, I don't see how his doesn't, and Kevin Garnett does. You know what I mean? Uh, I think they both should go. They both played a big role in the championship. That was what hadn't been there in what twenty-two years or something like that. I knew you were going to go um, there because if you are they are they totally contingent upon each other. How is the fact that Ray uh, went to Miami well, a non-factor, so or just not a big enough one? Well, I, I, I think it, it, it hurts right now, and you wonder what could have been. But they were getting older, man. I, I don't, I don't know that they would have won another championship if Ray would have stayed. I know they were close, but that that Miami team was better. I'm just being honest, they were they were better. No, I think I, I mean, I they think were they obviously better. Off. Yeah, so, but uh, I think you got to look at it for what he did and what it was worth and what he meant at the time. And he, he they don't win that championship without Ray Allen, period. No, they so, they, they couldn't have just Paul, got I mean, Kevin Paul, Garnett Paul, and won it. Paul isn't in the conversation. Paul is, you know, that's easy. You know, that, that he was there a long time. Paul's a special class. But I don't think you could put KG in and not put Ray in. All right, so it doesn't make any sense to me. To me, and to me, I could see if it was a bitter franchise. Like, I don't know that. I, I don't know that it, it'll probably take some time, but I don't know that Miami's going to be rushing to put uh, LeBron James' retired jersey up. You know what I mean? Next to Michael Jordan's in Miami, <laughs> but. <laughs> Um, I, I just think that as time passes, the appreciation for what Ray Allen did there will grow, and the the Celtics, to me, if they are the classiest or the most classy organization in sports, so I think they would let cooler heads prevail and and put Ray there. Like I, I just don't. If if you don't put Ray there, then you don't put KG there. Because to me, I don't. I'm, I think those two are connected. You know what I mean? If they came there together, they won a championship in their first year. They they went to the Eastern Conference Finals for three times, um, or, or I mean two NBA Finals. They they're interconnected. You know, so I I and I don't see them not doing it for KG. So I. Uh, I see. I think Ray is deserving if, if they feel KG is deserving. What's interesting too is Danny Ainge had some comments. He's like, "I'm not even going to touch that one," and uh, you know, it, 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 it it's almost like the vice president Joe Biden talking. They bring up Anthony Weiner, and he's like, I've, "I I should, probably should even comment on that." Danny kind of does the yeah. same thing with Ray. He's like, "You know what? It's not my decision. I'm not really going to talk about it, and it's ownership's yeah, decision, and what, it's going to be in the future." The fact the fact that they even put out a statement about his retirement two years after he really retired shows you one, the class of the Celtics and two, you know, um, maybe, maybe they're starting to begin the process of, of, you know what I mean? 
I do. retiring him. They it's, have to heal, right? There's definitely some – I don't want to say it's bad blood, and, and to your point about making the Golden State Warriors the villains, you know, maybe the media overplays some of these stories. But listen, the way it did go, it's in your article. Paul and, and KG were both – reaching out to Ray and really didn't get any correspondence. And the next thing they know, he signed with the Heat. Yeah. And so they're like, hey, come on. Yeah. I mean, out of just out of respect to but, us but, and but, what we've accomplished together, right? There's has nothing to do with what he did. Right. Not with his performance the, the on the floor. I mean, yeah, he left. And, yeah, it was painful. And I understand. But um, he won a championship. He played in two finals. Was his departure painful? Yes, it was painful. And I don't think you ever forget, you know. But that being said, they don't want a title with Ray, out Ray Allen. And KG They don't get KG without Ray Allen. What's that? They don't get KG without Ray Allen. If they, exactly. been, if they didn't trade for Ray Allen, KG never would have agreed to the trade. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, no, no, no basketball end is, is, is wonderful. I mean, the way, you know, KG and Paul got traded. <laughs> I mean, uh, you know, <laughs> yeah. so they're not bitter towards the Celtics for moving them. It, 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 it actually transfixed the franchise for the future. But, um, I don't know, man. I just think that, uh, it, I actually think it would be a mistake not to have Ray in it. Yeah, I'm so divided on it, but I, but I, there's mm. elements to what you're saying. You know, if you really splice it out, how do you take KG out of the equation? I mean, how do you take Ray out of the equation when KG's in it? I mean, I, the contributions are somewhat different, but at the end of the day, they were both wearing Celtics green when Banner 17 went up into the rafters, and it's not like yeah. it's not like Ray left the very next year. So I could see both sides, but I think there's a point where I think you're going that makes sense is after a little bit of time, cooler heads will prevail, so to speak. Yeah. You know, even if like, there's like not I, that much drama there, that's in, really what it is. I expect in time that Carmelo Anthony will be retired with the Denver Nuggets. You know, I, I expect in time that What LeBron about Amir James Johnson be... with the Suns, though? Who? <laughs> oh, I said Amir Johnson. I'm sorry. <laughs> No, Amir. Yeah, yeah. Um, he he should have retired after he hit the four three. I know, right? He should have just dropped the mic, walked off the court, and said, "That's it." Yeah. <laughs> exactly. But no, I just, uh, I, I, I think it would be a mistake not to. And I, I know how precious retire. I mean, Rondo deserves to have his jersey retired there. To me, too, you know. But maybe I'm a sap. Well, and you also were really connected to that team. I mean, you were yeah. there for that. You knew those guys, right? So yeah. I meant Amari Stoudemire. Yeah, no. I said Amir Johnson, I mean, I, I, by the I way, because he retired as a and, but. Yeah, no, I mean, KG has his new show, and I, I'd like to hear him talk about Ray, you know. Um, that was cool. I'm assuming they, assuming they taped it, and... Uh, the first one with Rasheed, but I, I'd really like to hear what he says about Ray Allen. Um, I got to talk to Paul about it and the respect that Paul had for Ray. When you just talk about basketball, I mean, he still certainly is disappointed about the goodbye or the lack thereof, the lack of knowledge that Paul, 
Paul was leaving, very disappointed. But I mean, Ray was leaving. He's Paul was very still disappointed by that. But when you ask about basketball, 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 he still believes that Ray is the greatest shooter that the game has ever seen, and that Ray was, you know, and, and he had no question about how important Ray was to the championship. So he he didn't question at all. Um, the fact that Ray was, was special to what they did. No, Ray was a machine, and and he wasn't going to put any of that unleaded '87 into his system either. You know, he was all premium fuel, and it's nuts because you hear players talk about it. Even Dwayne Wade said that when he went to the Heat, that he helped uh, Dwayne and LeBron be better professionals. Like even down to the diet and him not being a drinker yeah. and all of that. And he even admitted he's almost, yeah. he's almost obsessive compulsive, but the, yeah. you have to respect his professionalism. Well, you know, Paul said that, Paul said that his diet got better because of Ray. You know, so now nah, I just, I, I actually think it would be vindictive not to put Ray in the uh, retired jersey if you retire KGs too. All right. You might be changing my mind. The fan in me wants to reject that still, you know, but, but yeah. you might be changing my mind and, and, uh, I don't know. I, I know you got to head off to your interview, Mark, but is there anything else you think that, that we should, we should wrap with before we close? I just, you know, I know you won, I know Katrina Kopp in the Superdome did win an award, a, a small film festival award, um, you know, right down there in Louisiana, but, uh, you know, anything well, one, else you want to kind of say before I go is, uh, you know, it's not out yet, but something I'm excited about, um, former Celtic, you know, Stefan Marbury, uh, I spent some time with him in Beijing recently. So it's supposed to be a sports center feature that's coming out soon. And, you know, he, he won three championships in Beijing. He's, he's got a, a, a museum there. He has had a play. He's got a movie coming out. He has a statue, um, with his uh, <laughs> uh, statue outside the arena, the Beijing Ducks. And so the last place he played was in Boston, which he, he certainly still has love for. He really enjoyed his, his short time there. But um, keep an eye on that. I think Celtics fans will find that interesting whenever it drops. That whole story is interesting. Like, you can make fun of the fact that they're making a play, but all of the unique opportunities he's had out there really should also become a movie, oh, like a legit it movie. It would be very it interesting. Yeah. It, it was a brilliant redemption. I mean, he he went to a market before anybody else did and um, made the best of it and got paid and became, uh, I mean, I, I was messing with him. I'm like, shoot, there ain't many, many brothers that got statues in the United States and you got one in China. <laughs> You he know, loved so that, did he? Yeah, you know, he died laughing at that. But like, but yeah, look out for that one. Um, I'm, I can't wait till people get a chance to see it. Mark, I'm always appreciative of your time. I know you told me you had 20 and you gave me 40. I think that's becoming a pattern. But uh, listen, we'll have you on again soon, and 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 I do appreciate you fitting me in, and and I love the work you're doing at the Undefeated. Oh, thanks, brother. Take care now. All right, Mark Spears, everybody, from ESPN's The Undefeated. 
I'm not going to lie. I just love that man. I think he does amazing work. And he has really gotten all over the place. But I love that his new outlet is giving him an opportunity to kind of, I don't know, stretch out a little bit and, and be able to cover, cover diverse topics. And what, it's what keeps your, your writing interesting. A couple of things there. I mean, we're obviously going to have to talk real quick before we close out the show about KG, Ray, and having their numbers retired. You know, I did misspeak there. 100% Ray Allen's going into the Hall of Fame for certain. But a couple of other things that I thought was interesting. Um, Jalen Brown's relationship with the Kerr family. I wish I was going to be in Boston for that game. I would love to get around Jalen and be able to ask him those questions. And certainly there's enough people that listen to this show that if Mark hasn't already tipped off every uh, everybody in the Boston media, it's certainly going there or it's going to go that way. So expect to, expect to read some articles here in about a week and a half regarding Jalen Brown and his time watching the Warriors last year and his relationship with the Kerr family. I think the other thing, you know, is just, dude, this guy really is just a, a kind-hearted, big old teddy bear, and he does awesome work. But he's got such an amazing memory. It's like an elephant. I mean, the fact that he remembers all the things that came together as a result of his maybe handful, no more tops, tops 10 interviews on Celtic Stuff Live over the years because we sort of stopped around 11, 2011, 2012. We probably had him on four times a year, and that didn't start until the middle of 2008, maybe towards the end. We did re-release the interview with Earl Lloyd uh, maybe three weeks ago, and Mark was also integral in lining that interview up. I wish I'd had a chance to thank him for that as well because that was just uh, an awesome interview and really a highlight of my career with Celtic Stuff Live. But when you go back and you talk about KG and Ray, I, I no one was more bitter than me about the way that Ray unceremoniously left Boston and went to the enemy Miami Heat. And I think a lot of that has to do with, had it not even been LeBron, I think the LeBron, you know, the rivalry between Celtics fans and Cleveland fans, and then the way that LeBron left Cleveland and went to Miami, it almost cued it up where that angst towards LeBron then got, positioned right on to Ray because he left. And even in Mark's article, and like we talked about to close out the interview, you look at Paul Pierce's comments, and maybe he's a, a little less sour than Kevin Garnett. The fact that we haven't heard from Kevin certainly makes you think that uh, he's more sour than Paul, where Paul's willing to, to talk about it and say, eh, I wasn't really in love with the way it went down, but at the same time, you know, Ray's got to make his own decision. You can, you can hear Paul softening. So how do you tease out the Kevin Garnett, Ray Allen conversation. It's easy to lump them together. They're on the championship team, just like Mark said. Ray Allen, Paul, KG, and uh, and Rondo all deserve to have their numbers retired. They were part of that championship in 2008, hoisting up banner number 17. But if you do start to tease it out a little bit, and I think you can, te- I think there's a case to be made for Rondo not having his number retired either. I mean, at some point. You get so many people that contributed or were starters on a championship team when the team has, I mean, let's think about it. Let's say they get banner 18, then 19, then 20. You're going to run out of numbers. Um, and, and certainly that has to be, we, it has to be a concern. 
you have to think about not gonna just say, all right, if you were a starter and you were a great player, maybe, maybe the career has to have more built around it. So you look at Paul, obviously he's a no-brainer. I think Rondo is somewhat questionable whether or not his number's retired. Not somewhat. I think it's pretty questionable. Ray Allen is still pretty questionable for me. I don't think KG is questionable and here's why. And maybe it's just because KG was so beloved and so vocal, but KG changed the culture. Now we hear little bits and pieces that maybe we weren't so aware of at the time where Ray Allen was changing the culture like he did in Miami, where he's changing the eating patterns of the players around them. Maybe that helps them stay healthier. Maybe it helps them stay focused, dialed in. Maybe they shoot a couple of... percentage point ticks up a little bit from the field goal uh, range. Who knows? Who knows what the impact is? But Kevin Garnett's attitude, enthusiasm, passion, the way that he embraced Boston. And it's funny because Ray Allen obviously played at UConn and has major New England ties. So when he was moved from and I know this is funny, there's people who are listening that maybe don't even remember the Seattle Supersonics, but when he was traded from the West Coast back into his New England roots, you almost thought maybe he would have this more uh, more notable and, and written about and maybe a charismatic embracement of the New England region. But we didn't necessarily see a lot about that. But he also didn't have the flamboyant and energetic personality of Kevin Garnett. So maybe there's some of us that aren't giving Ray his due just because he's not running around screaming, hey, retire my number, retire my number. And I'm not saying Kevin Garnett is, but it's pretty hard to miss Kevin Garnett. And by the way, he did an awesome job on TNT the other night prior to the Celtics game and during with Rasheed Wallace. That was a ton of fun. So how do you tease him out? Um, how do you not put them together? And here's the other thing. One of the biggest recruiting tools that the Celtics have had in their pocket recently is the fact that when players come back to Boston who have played here or been a major part of the team, even if they weren't part of the championship, they get this resounding ovation. Everybody loves them. And Ray gets boos. Ray gets boo city. It's rough on Ray when he came back. Well, when I say it's rough, it was rough on Ray when he came back to the garden. But I think the the wound was still fresh. There was a, easy to pour salt in it. And, uh, you know, were he Rondo's age, it, had Rondo done that, maybe by the time, you know, we're another three, four years down the road, people don't look at Rondo the same way because he kept playing in another uniform. But it's really how Ray put the cap on his experience and time with the Celtics where he obviously was a major, major factor in them winning the championship. So I don't know. Maybe you guys tell us. Tweet us at CSL underscore Justin or at CSL underscore Duke and tell us what you think. But that ovation is a big part of how the Celtics recruit free agents. And so maybe they do need to take a little bit of a softer stance on Ray Allen because if the front office makes a decision, they'll say, look, it's a business decision. Well, Ray made a business decision. And sometimes people, relationships end and they don't end on a good note. So I can see the counterpoint there. I still don't think I'm retiring Ray Allen's number, but 
To Mark's point, with a little bit of time, maybe I'm softening the more I think about it. I don't know. We'll see. But listen, that's going to do it for this week, or not even this week. That's going to do it for the interview, second installment this week. Just want to thank everybody and let you know that the broadcast will be available on demand on the CLNS Radio mobile app, as well as clnsradio.com. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter at CSL underscore Justin and at CSL underscore Duke. A big thank you for tuning in and a reminder that you can support the show by subscribing to Celtic Stuff Live on iTunes and Stitcher. Give us a rating and a review, please, because we just love getting your feedback. I don't even care if it's not a good rate, a good rating or a good review. If you've got, if you've got feedback, positive or negative, we want it. We want to keep doing a better job. We want to give you what you're looking for when you listen to this show and a reminder that today's show was brought to you by Audible.com and Movement Watches. They've got a great deal for all of you listeners, but most importantly, you would be supporting Celtic Stuff Live and the entire CLNS radio network. A thanks to the loyal audience who makes it all worthwhile. And for staff writer Eddie Santiago, program director Larry H. Russell, the founder of CLNS Radio, Nick Gelso, and my co-host John Duke, I'm Justin Poulin. Thank you for listening to this week's edition of Celtic Stuff Live. Celtic Stuff Live.